What's up everyone, welcome to the Life Livers Academy. I'm Jamie O'Donnell and the purpose of this podcast is to connect you with the people, ideas, mindsets and inspiration to empower you to chase your dreams, unlock your potential and live life to the fullest each day. Get ready for some inspiring conversations and incredible insights from people who are out there living life, having fun and dominating their chosen path. I appreciate you tuning in, now let's get this episode underway. Righty, I'm really excited to have the guest on today. His name's Eli Dangerfield. Uh, he's got an amazing story. He founded Elmore Lewis, his luxury watch brand, while he was at high school. Uh, grew into a multi-million dollar e-commerce business, was a multi-millionaire at just 21 years of age, has now built another seven-figure business teaching people the skills to grow their own online e-commerce businesses. And what's probably, uh, to me anyway, uh, more inspirational than his own success is the success that he's created for others, passing the elevator down, teaching the skills that have made, helped him get ahead to other people, and creating thousands of success stories with students who have gone on to create uh, financial security for themselves by building themselves an online business. So I'm super excited for this interview. Uh, Eli someone that I've followed for a while. I know that he's got a very valuable skill set for the current climate. Eli, thanks for joining me, bro. I'm so pumped to get into this conversation. Awesome, bro. Thank you so much for the amazing introduction, bro. I appreciate that. Very, very well, uh, well worded. Almost gave me a little bit of a uh, rosy cheeks. <laughs> Mate, no, no worries, man. Hey, what led you as a teenager, uh, sitting in high school, where all your mates are thinking about girls and uh, exams and probably what their parents want them to study at university? What led you to go and start an online business? Yeah, bro. That's a good question. So a lot of people are wondering, like, cause I'm 21 right now, um, people are like, you're so young and you've already done all of this stuff. But the thing is I didn't start yesterday. I didn't start when I was 20 years old. The whole thing stemmed from a moment that I had, um, when I was younger, like growing up, I had a moment where I think I was probably 14 years old where I, I saw my parents, um, you know, worrying about money and the financial stress of things like growing up, I've got a whole whole story. But the moment that I guess I decided I wanted to jump into online business and business in general was um, when my family went to a, we went on our holiday, our first holiday to Thailand. And we it was a budget holiday. It was just one of those Groupon package deals. And we were walking around this place. And I just said to my mom, I was like, mom, imagine if there was a way that you could actually work, like live like this every single day like live on holiday. And she said, oh, it's, if it was possible, we'd be doing it. Like kind of like, you know how everyone um, just says, oh, you can't do that. You can't do this. Like uh, that's not possible. Only the rich people can do that and all that. And that kind of, from that moment, I guess a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, you know what? If, if we are living like this, like now, if we're in this moment now, why couldn't I do that every single day? And I also had seen kind of how my parents have struggled with money because my mom had a horrific car accident when I was very, very little. Um, and was unable to work again. And she was told that, you know, you should have been dead. You're not able to work. So over a decade of rehabilitation and stuff, she's only recently just tried to get back into teaching. Um, but obviously, you know, with coronavirus, that's gone. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's crazy timing of it all. But I guess growing up with money struggles, I was like, I don't want to get to the age where I'm like 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 and be worrying about money. And I want to be able to do what I want, where I want, with who I want, without having to, you know, feel like there's a burden of financial worry or like there's a boss controlling me all the time. And so from that point forward, I think I do what every single other person has ever done, which is Google the famous words, how to make money online, right? So that's something that I did um, and that forever changed my life. Just that first ever Google search, how to make money online. 
set me down a path of, you know, a million and one different schemes and, and weird ways that people have created to make money online. Um, now, this is way back. If I was like 14, how many years ago? I'm 21 now. Probably would have been, I don't even know maths on that. It's probably like 2000. Seven, seven years, yeah. So you're looking at what, 2014, 2013? Yeah, 2014, even, even maybe, it could have been earlier, but around then. Um, but yeah, that set me on a path of, of learning things like affiliate marketing, um, learning about self-development, you know, Forex, all these kind of things like that where I would spend every waking hour that I possibly could during school, outside of school, every hour I was studying online like all these different methods and schemes and ideas and business models and how to make money. Um, and that kind of led me to the point where I'm at now, which is, you know, having gone through a million and one different business models and failed growing up, um, you know, when I was 14, the first online business that I tried after reading a few different personal development books and then finding this guy on YouTube was like affiliate marketing with ClickBank. Yeah. <laughs> really with that, like how that Yeah, comes yeah, up. where everyone started, man. That was popular back in the day. Yeah, and so I found this guy called Vic Streishaus or something like that. Have you heard of him? No, I haven't. Oh, he's like some affiliate marketer, like paid traffic expert guru guy. Um, and I found his YouTube videos and he was like explaining the business model and me being like such a naive little kid, I was like, oh, this is easy. Like I'll be able to print cash, hand over fist, baby. So I, I just jumped over to um, fiverr.com. Yep. And like, because he, all he said was, oh, you can get cheap traffic to an affiliate link and then all of a sudden it prints money. So I just, I literally went to my parents and I was like, can I please, please, please borrow $5 to buy some traffic to this affiliate link? And so I had to convince my parents when I was like 14 to give me like $5 to, to buy this traffic package, which sent like a thousand clicks to a page. And I was like running the numbers, how they showed me, I was like, a thousand clicks at a 1% sale rate. That's 10 sales at $50. I'm going to make so much cash here. And so I did that and it failed. Um, didn't get one sale obviously, cause it's just probably bot traffic or something like that. Yeah, um, a bunch of guys in Bangladesh. Clicking yeah, a bunch of guys in Bangladesh on little iPhones or something. I don't know. But yeah, that was kind of my first taste of it. And my first taste of failure and disappointment in business, which everyone, you know, as you know, and as so many people listening are going to know is, is a regular theme in business is disappointment and failure. Um, especially if you want to reach those higher levels, you've got to learn how to, I guess, roll with the hits and just keep going no matter what. Um, so I, I started with that and then I kind of gave up for a while. Then I was looking into Forex and I started playing with some Forex stuff. Um, and I started a little hedge fund in high school. Um, I took, <laughs> I took a couple kids like investments. Um, and I thought that I was some Forex trader back then. And so I dumped it in and I, I was like, there was one day that I remember we were on a school excursion. And I had my little phone app for like CMC markets. I was trading the Forex with it. I had a few thousand dollars that I had accrued across all these different kids, like life savings that we'd had. And we we're just playing with it. And then all of a sudden, like I was up in like, I, was, I profited on this one trade, 1200 bucks, but because I didn't know what I was doing, I thought that like, because I'd invested more than 1200 on that trade. <laughs> so I, I kind of just thought like, oh, it just has to reach above 1200 in the green and then that'll be profit. Whereas if I closed out that position, I would have been in profit. 1200 bucks so i basically wrote that thinking that it was going to go up and then it went down and basically we just depleted all our money so i had to like figure out how to pay him back yeah, i was about to say were you popular at school during that time or <laughs> no, well, that time that was just a couple of friends and i so we were kind of in it together but it was just a, it was just a fun time like learning different business models and figuring out where like where we wanted to go i guess but it's the yeah, best time to be doing it when you're young though man you've got absolutely no responsibilities it's the time yeah, to have a crack develop new skills like we're, we're as a society we're just far too risk adverse in those younger years like we've got to get things perfect we've got to have things figured out it's ridiculous to think that kids at 18 years old have to decide 
what they're going to go and study at university and that the advice is so skewed towards that traditional model still yeah, when crazy. there's so much more opportunity, uh, you know, for anyone who wants it um, sitting at our fingertips. Going back to, to where you started. So uh, your drive, because you're incredibly driven, to be, do, to be doing what you've done at your age is a unique drive. It's not something that everyone has. That comes from, where does that come from? How, how big a part of your mum's accident played in that? A uh, very big part because um, my dad's only just a tradie, like a labourer. He just works on like construction sites and stuff and he's always been doing that really for his whole life. So I've never like no one in my family, no one in my extended family, no one that I know had ever run or even managed a business. Um, so it was very, very like working class, just just scraped by and like, you know, very victimised mentality family. Like as much as I love them, of course, and my family, very bad victim mentality. Whereas like it's happening to them. How, how, because money mindset is such an important part. I mean, you can learn all the skills that you want and go and learn how to do marketing, run Facebook ads and that, but a big part of success is, you know, the money mindset. And when you typically don't come from money and your parents, uh, like I'm exactly the same, man. My mum's a nurse, my dad was a skipper, uh, money was tight growing up, and uh, a lot of those beliefs are passed on at an early age. Did you? How did you get past that? Like, was that ever a thing for you? Or was, did, we, did you just get into it and have some success and then just keep rolling from there? Yeah, bro. So the money mindset thing was like, I just, I was so sick of, you know, not being able to go on certain school trips or not being able to buy like the new game console or having no Christmas presents and things like that, like other kids that were around me. So I, just, I guess I just had that drive. I was like, like, if other people don't have to deal with this, why do we? Like, I was, I was not going to settle for it. And uh, to that, to this day, it scares the shit out of me, not like having the fear that one day it could be like that. So every day I've got that hunger and drive where I'm like, if I don't work hard today, that could be a reality that is on course for me, which I'm not willing to accept. I'm not going to sit there and, and be a victim to it. I'm going to go out there and make a change. And one of the biggest things that set me on that path when I was younger was when I was like 14 and 15, I started reading the books. I think the first book was The 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah. Tim Ferriss. Yep. Yeah, bro. Amazing book. It completely changed my life. Um, what I used to do is I, I, like, I heard about it online somewhere. Someone said, like, read this book on a forum maybe. And then I literally went to YouTube and typed in four-hour workweek audiobook. And every night I would go to sleep listening to it. Every night. Like, I would I'd play it and it would play all through my sleep. Like, it would just continue playing throughout the entire sleep. And I did that probably 30 times. Wow. So I guess it just drilled into my subconscious that it was possible and it was were you, not. Were you doing that on purpose or was it like? Was not really. I was kind of trying to listen to it before I go to bed and then it would kind of just play through my sleep and then obviously, you know, it will seep in. Yeah, absolutely. So that just ingrained itself. And then another book was The Millionaire Fast Lane by NJ DeMarco. Yeah. That was another book that completely shifted my perspective on money and like, and then obviously thinking grow rich and rich dad, poor dad and, you know, all these books that you start to read that like make it as if it's not only possible to get rich, but it's, it's, it's a process. Totally. It's a process and success is a, a journey. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. You don't get to where you want to go in a day. Like it, you're going to have to fight for it and there's no way around it. Um, yeah. So, so learning's been a huge part of it. You cottoned on that there's people out there who had done what you wanted to do and that you were going to follow in their footsteps. Yeah, and very early, learned that the fastest way to do that is to go and find someone who's already done it and digest their knowledge and go and do yeah, it, implement their advice. Because again, yeah. there's, there's two types of people. Sorry, I just wanted to let you guys know this. Go for it. Go for it. Like, 
there's people who are hard-headed and stubborn who want to go out there and do things for themselves and try and figure it out. And that's, that's just being hard-headed and that's the dumb way of doing things. The smart way, and I wish that I'd learned this sooner, was going out there and finding someone who'd done it, who'd got what I wanted to do, like who'd achieved whatever I wanted to achieve. And I would have just said, all right, cut the shit. Like what's the actual straightforward process? Because now with what I do with helping people, I've gone through it the hard way over four years of doing e-commerce strictly, let alone the other business years that I was failing and doing other things. So I've actually had like a seven-year business career at 21 years old. Yep. failing and doing different things. So I've learned so much about what doesn't work and what does work that I've been able to kind of transfer my brain into like a program, into a process that can help people go from wherever they are. Most people who get started are well above the means that I was when I got started. So if they could even do half as well as what I've done with more than what I had to start with, you know, that's the fastest way that anyone can achieve anything, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%, 100%. A big part of it as well is there's information overwhelm. And I think you hit the nail on the head there where you said it's about stripping it away and like going to someone and saying, what's the actual steps? Like, because more often than not, it's simpler than what people want to believe. And it's not about going and getting a complex strategy. It's about actually getting the foundation right, doing the simple things and being consistent in showing up. But more often than not, people are out there looking for the silver bullets and looking for all the magic. And then there's a whole bunch of people out there who are trying to make it sound more confusing than what it is to elevate their own status and make them seem smarter. The most important thing is as a teacher and being able to have an impact on someone else is to be able to simplify the process, right? Facts, bro, facts. So many people, like they come to me and they say, hey, look, I've been looking into e-commerce or dropshipping or private label or digital marketing or whatever business they want to get into. And they say, oh, there's all these guys on YouTube. There's all these guys on forums. They're all saying different methods and strategies. And when you don't have like an entire A to Z clear cut path formed for you, you will go out there and you'll find different pieces of different strategies and different components and try and put them all together. It's like trying to put a puzzle together where all the pieces don't match. Yeah. Because some things may work with some things, but if you pair that same thing with another strategy, it may completely fail. And you don't know that because you're doing it your own way. You're being hard-headed and you think that you're going to be able to find that thing like for free or you're going to um, just stumble across it or figure it out, which you will, but it's just going to take you years of trial and error and stress and pain and tears and, and just and just suffering. Whereas you could have just got it done the right way the first time had you had the foresight to see that hiring someone who's done it is the way smarter option. That's right, man. Do you have any advice for reaching out and getting that help, finding the right people? Because I know that in my own, like I've, I've been an avid learner since a young age, like I've been driven as well. I've, you know, back when I first got into business, I'd do every course and I'd be going and even when I didn't have money, uh, running courses up on credit cards in order to get the information that I thought I needed. But one of my big downfalls was actually reaching out and asking for real help. It was easier to buy a course. It was easier to digest something in my own lounge where no one knew my situation than it was to admit my weaknesses and be vulnerable in front of someone and actually get help. Do you have any advice around that? I think it just comes down to like, whether or not you want it bad enough. Like if you want help bad enough, you're going to pick up the phone, you're going to call someone, you're going to go, you're going to message someone on Instagram, you're going to find a way to contact them. Like if you had a really complex medical issue that had been grinding away at you for a long period of time and you're not going to do anything about it, there's going to reach a stage where you feel like there's no other option but to pick up that phone and call the doctor. So it's a matter of like you can either just push yourself to get a bit out of your comfort zone and just message someone and be vulnerable. People, especially men, have got such a complex with being vulnerable and asking people for help despite how bad they might need it. And after literally speaking with tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of different people over the last like seven years, 
about business and, and what their situations are like and where they're trying to go to via text or phone or message or whatever it is, I've figured out that if you go to someone and you ask for help, that's the first step in the right direction. If you don't make that first step, if you don't ask someone and be vulnerable and be honest with yourself, you look yourself in the mirror, you're not perfect. I'm not fucking perfect. You're not perfect. No one's perfect. We're always going to have issues and problems that we need help with. It's just a matter of do we have that confidence or self-belief or, or pain? Do we need more pain to make that first step? Pain creates movement. Like without pain, you can't grow. The only time people will actually reach out for help is when they're in such dire pain or dire straits where they need help or it's game over. Like, and I, I've, there's been so many times where I've sat there and I've been like, this is game over. Like, I'm not going to be able to you know, overcome this obstacle or whatever. Like, I, I can't be bothered or I don't have time or I don't have what it takes. And then I sit there and I go, again, it comes down to if other, if other people have done it, I can do it too. I've just got to man up and stop being a pussy and ask someone for help. I, don't want to th- I, don't, I can't think that I know it all. I, I, I don't know it all. And that's, and that's something that all great entrepreneurs really need to understand is that they're not geniuses. They're not smart. I'm not smart. I'm not a genius. I'm not talented. I'm not special. I only know how to ask the right questions. If something's not working, I, I know how to say, why is that not working? I don't say, oh, fuck, it's not working. Game over. Like I give up. I could have done that multiple times over my career since I started when I was 14. I could have settled for average. I could have fallen into the, the mediocrity trap that so many people do fall into. But then I, I learned that one of the most valuable questions you can ever ask yourself in any context is why? Why? 100%. So someone will come to me, bro, and they'll say, sorry, um, they'll say, why is my store not converting or something like that? And I'll say, why isn't it converting? And they'll say, oh, it isn't making sales. And I'll say, why? And they'll say, oh, well, people aren't buying. I'll say, why? Oh, they must not like the offer. Why? And then eventually you see how you can actually start digging into the exact problem and where it lies. And then when you, when you dig deep enough, you can identify what the problem is and then you can apply the solution to that and then keep asking why. And then all of a sudden you'll build something that is flawless. One of the biggest points as well, one of the most interesting things is because this, this concept of why is thrown around a lot. I had a conversation with a guy a couple of days ago and one of his major, he was in the health and fitness industry. He's lost over 100 kilos, phenomenal guy, wow. leading a, you know, trained over 100,000 people online this week. Just amazing dude. But his whole thing is bringing people back to the stuff that matters. And what we discussed was people understand the concept of having a why, but people aren't fucking honest enough about why they want stuff. They come up with whys that, they think people need to hear or that are nice and not the actual drivers. And that's where people run into trouble. You were very clear on your why from an early, early age by the sound of it. And a lot of that was that you wanted to have cool stuff. You wanted to live a good life. You wanted to be able to go and do all the good things. And you weren't ashamed of wanting that for yourself. But a lot of other people, you know, let's just, let's just say, some people will say, oh, I just really want to help people when really what they want is to fucking get ahead themselves. Yeah. But being able to, being, having that self-awareness to be able to actually understand what drives you is so important. Hugely, bro. It's one of the biggest reasons why you can either get out of bed with a fucking spring in your step or you lay in bed on your phone scrolling through TikTok for hours. It's too, like you've got, like your why is your biggest thing. If your why is making money, then you're going to, you have to be straight up with yourself and say, all right, well, I need to make money. And then you have to say, why is my why making money? Oh, because I want, whether it be freedom, whether it be to say fuck you to the boss, whether it be to go out and buy a Lamborghini or something like that, you've got to be just totally honest with yourself because otherwise you'll get confused in your own head. And when you get confused about your why, 
you'll start to not feel empowered or motivated and then you'll just sit there and fall into complacency, which is what I did growing up. Because again, I got involved in network marketing multiple times when I was underage. Um, I did Jeunesse. I did like fucking, what's the other one? Organo Gold Coffee. I, I sold phone cases. I did, I sold marketing agency packages. I did Google SEO AdWords. I've done so many different businesses. I sold Harry Potter ones in primary school that I made. <laughs> out of wooden sticks and hot glue, bro. I've done so many different things. And every time my motive was different. My why was different from every venture. Like with the marketing stuff, it was like, oh, make money. And then eventually when I started, you know, my, my watch brand in high school, I was like, well, this isn't really for the money. Like at the same time, I wanted to make money out of it, but I was so passionate about it that I'd wake up and I'd be so happy to work on the business and in the business rather than what can I take from the business? Like what money can I make? Like what am I going to splint, splurge it on or whatever? I came out there and I was like, I want to build something that not only makes me very fucking proud of what I've done, but also like inspires other people, whether it be to make another business or whether it be to just purchase the watch and enjoy that product for what it is, which thousands of people have done. They've purchased the watch and they've gone, wow, this is an amazing, unique brand. And they don't think that some 17 year old kid in Adelaide has made this brand because of the marketing and positioning and the, and the strategies and everything behind it that I've just learned. Yeah, so people have asked me, how many staff do you have? And I'm like, when it went, this was back then as well. Like they thought I had staff and I was 17. Like they would email saying, Oh, can I work for you? Like, where's your office? And I'd be like, I'm just a kid. Like, <laughs> I'm working from home. <laughs> Mate, it's something you've done very well. What, what, why watches? What, what led you to get into into that particular niche of luxury watches. What's the journey been like for Elmore Lewis? Good question, bro. Um, so I'll start kind of where, where it happened with Elmore Lewis. So um, when I was a baby, when I was born, my first word was clock. Really? Funny for how, how things panned out eventually was clock. Um, that is hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. As how hey, many wow. kids have that as their first word? Not many. Know, you must bro. be one of, one of very few. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange word to be your first word, but it was. Um, but then eventually I think there was one time cause I was working in telemarketing as well. I got a part-time job during high school before year 12, my final year. Um, and I was doing telemarketing and I was the youngest employee there as well. They didn't know that I was underage. I don't think either cause I was drinking party underage and things like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was doing that. And then one day I came home from work and I was just so tired and exhausted from that day. I was like, Oh, I've made hundreds of phone calls or uh, like really just over it a bit. Um, and I, I sat there on my laptop and I opened it up and I was scrolling along Facebook and then some article came up somewhere about how all of these huge e-commerce brands were just born out of people's dorm rooms and things like that. And they, they talked about companies like Daniel Wellington, Movement, Gymshark, all of these different brands that had popped up and started making huge waves and massive progress, lots of money. And I was like, that's cool. Like people, regular people have started these empires online. And I, start, I started looking into it a bit more and e-commerce kind of looked exciting. You know, the fact that you could create a, a physical, tangible product that people would love. And then like, as you build cool things, more people will come in and, and, and buy into it. Um, and so I saw these watch brands and particularly they stood out just because of the marketing and branding behind it and how you could take such a, a mundane product. It's a mundane, it's like your phone will tell you the time. Like yeah, people totally. watches nowadays, but what they stand for is more important. So I wanted to create something that had a unique like lifestyle element to it that no one else was really doing. And that's really interesting because even as you say that the lifestyle thing, that, that was your driver from an early age. And so the, what the luxury watch just fits directly into what you've always wanted as a child, which is fascinating. 
I think very it was very, it was very aspirational. Like I aspired to have this lifestyle. So I was like, I'm going to create a, a piece of jewelry that gives me that feeling like I've achieved it. And then I'm going to help other people feel like, and like accomplished or something like, I don't know what it kind of was, but when I read that article particularly is what sparked my, my little light bulb moment was all of these watch brands were like making tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. And I looked at that. I looked at that business model. I looked at it. I'm like, all right, it's a website. It's a website. You can make a website. It's a watch. And I was like, all right, well, what goes into making a watch? So I started doing heaps of research and I was like looking at manufacturing and all these crazy things and getting private label American companies to make them. And I had no idea what I was doing. Again, I had no mentor, no coach, no training. There was no YouTube videos about this back then. There was no training. There was no one in my family. There was no one at my school. Like I was completely alone, no help. I had some blogs occasionally and whatever back in 2016 when I was doing this. And I just had to figure it all out just through messaging people like suppliers and figuring out what they were doing. And then eventually I just sat there and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do watches because there's these companies making a hundred million dollars. If I can just be 1% as successful as them, I'd be a millionaire, just 1%, which means in my mind, I said to myself, surely I can't be more than 99% dumber than them. And that's a, that's a fucking, that's a really gold nugget right there. That's a powerful piece right there, yeah. If, if I make a million dollars in a year, right, if, if I make a million dollars in a year and I put my brain into your brain and give you my exact same steps and processes, why couldn't you at least do 10% as well and make 100,000? You know what I mean? I've like... That right there is a growth mindset though. And you've obviously had that from, a, from an early age because people do look at other people and go, it's good for him and he's smarter than me and he's done this. The reality is no one came out of the womb with any skills. We all came out equal and everything that we know, all the, all the knowledge that we have, everything that we've built for ourselves is, has been learned. And so it's ridiculous to think that, but a huge percentage of the population, that's what stops people is because it's good for you. Eli's a smart guy. He can obviously do it, but I can't. Yeah. And people think that as well. But then at the end of the day, again, I'm not, I'm not smart. I'm not talented. I'm not special. I'm just like, I'm going to work hard and I'm always going to show up and be consistent and just tackle failure and just overcome it. Cause I know that I'm unstoppable and literally nothing can stop me. Um, cause I've had, I've had lawsuits underage as well with people not paying me for things. I've had debt collectors chasing me when I was 17 for things when, uh, bro, there's, there's a whole, the, the, the myriad of things like the debt collectors were from when I was actually launching my brand, um, and, and started selling, I was actually making a couple thousand dollars a week in revenue in high school. Right. Which is, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> You're killing it. I, thought I, I thought I'd achieve some level of success. So I was buying dumb things like, you know, overpriced Ralph Lauren polo shirts and things like that. Just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, I did that. And then I ended up selling a lot in South Africa. Right. Like I turned on Facebook ads and some marketing and targeted South Africa. I don't know what made me do it. Um, but I did it. And then eventually I was like, okay, cool. Like my ROAS, my return on ad spend is good here. Like, let's keep it going. So I sold like probably 60 to 70 units in South Africa. And little did I know, again, I was like 17 or 18 at this point, um, that there's a high amount of fraud there. There's a high amount of like online purchasing fraud. So naive little me, I was like, oh, cool. These South Africans are loving my products. And then all of a sudden I start seeing in my dashboard, like chargebacks come up. So people are calling the bank, whether it's on stolen credit cards or whether they're just, you know, ordering things and then saying to the bank, Hey, I didn't make that purchase. So then they get their money back. I've shipped the product. So I lose my cost of goods. I lose the shipping. I lose the chargeback fee. I lose the advertising like acquisition cost, and I lose the money they paid me. So I'm out of pocket, like 
well over $100 for every sale that I've made to South Africa. So very, very quickly, you know, me not having much in the bank either at this point was like, it just wiped me out. So I bankrupted myself basically then where I couldn't handle the chargebacks. So I actually owed a couple thousand dollars to Shopify and that debt collection team was just harassing me on the phone, trying to get the money off me. And I, like me, I had no one to go to. I couldn't get any help. I couldn't get the money from anyone. I couldn't do anything. Like I just had to sit there and go, sorry, Stephanie from Shopify. Like I, I can't, like, I'm just a kid. Like I can't do this. And then also I accrued like a Facebook ads debt because of like, I couldn't pay that. So I couldn't pay that. Yep. And then all of a sudden I was just completely dead in the water. And many people would have given up and I actually did give up. I gave up on my business and I said, all right, I can't recover from this. So I'm going to shut it down. So I shut it down. And then months later, I was like, I started doing uh, freelance videography and photography work to try and get some more money coming in. Cause again, I wasn't content with working a job. I knew that I could do something to make some money. Um, so I did freelance video and photography and Instagram deals and things like that. And just like putting my content out there. Cause that was another passion of mine that went hand in hand with watches and why I wanted to do that in the first place. Um, so I made some money paid back my, my Shopify debt, my Facebook ads debt and got all squared off with that. And then eventually I, I saw more articles and more press about the guys at Gymshark, High Smile, you know, Kylie Cosmetics, all these different brands coming up and just being even bigger and better than ever. And so in 2017, I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually give it another red hot crack and I'm going to go out there and, and, and do it the right way and do it with more passion using more skills that I've learned and just going all in, completely all in again. Because again, if these guys can do it, why couldn't I be 99% dumber than them and still succeed? Like, why couldn't I? I tried it once, I'd, I'd had some very marginal success, but it was a start. And so I went back in, I took my money, I invested in more private label watches that I got sent over here, new designs. And then immediately I went out there and I did like some more higher end marketing, photo shoots, content creation stuff. And I went to an advertising agency, a Queensland-based advertising agency. Um, I'm not going to name who they are because we had a dispute because they didn't <laughs> um, Yeah, so I, I started with them and they wanted a minimum monthly ad spend of $10,000 a month plus a retainer fee of $4,000 a month. So the, basically the, the contract was worth what? Like, I don't even know what that is. So $30,000 plus 12, so that's $42,000 for the three-month contract is basically what the whole commitment to this to this advertising agency was sure. Yeah. At that point I had pretty much no money. Again, I had a few thousand dollars left and I kind of had to be like, all right, I'll, I'll get started. I'll, well, let's do this. Cause they said to me, look, we're, we're going to sell out all of your watches by Christmas and you're going to make like $150,000. And I was like, yes. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, let's go <laughs> advertising agency. They know what they're doing. They'll do a better job than me. I've got the content. I've got a good brand, good product. And so I paid them the first upfront fee and I was like, all right, we're in. I was broke again. I just had enough to keep running the ads. So they started running the ads at, at like $300 a day, roughly the 10K a month. Um, and then they were just like, occasionally you'd make like one sale a day, then like three sales a day. So I was pretty much running at like a break even minus a loss of the retainer and things like that. Yeah. So I did that for a couple months and then I had to call the contract off and be like, can you please not make me pay that last like payment? I just can't afford it. I was flat, like had nothing. I was doing video and photo work, which I had to get debt collectors onto a client who didn't pay me despite the fact that he used my images and content. Um, and I was having to go through all that for multiple things and then also have to deal with trying to get out of a contract because I was naive and they also kind of misled me being a young guy. Um, so basically I ended up just out of pocket significantly, very, like, very defeated by the end of 2017. I still had lots of watches there to sell uh, these guys were just burning my money through. So I was working my ass off in one business to funnel that cash into another business to basically get thrown into a fucking incinerator. Like, 
And so I was doing that for, for a long time and it came to Christmas in 2017, bro. And this is where everything kind of changed. I was depressed. I had $300 left in my account after paying out the final payment for that thing, like doing everything. I had $300 left in my entire bank account. And I had like just had the shittiest year of just so much stress, pain, like working so hard and literally only having $300 to show for. I didn't, didn't have anything. I didn't have anything at all. Um, and I was with my girl, ex-girlfriend at the time. Um, and there was, we were at Christmas, like Christmas family things all day. And I was really just out of it. Like Christmas day, I was just like, oh, I'm so defeated. Like I was such in a shitty mood. I don't know why. Because it was a few days earlier when we called things off with the, the agency. And I was just like, oh, nothing's working. Thought I was going to give up again. And then something inside of me basically just said on like Boxing Day Eve, I was like, all right, I'm going to go in and see what this agency had done wrong and right and then try and give it one more crack. And so I noticed that they were doing a lot of little things like grammatical errors wrong emojis in the ad copy, like cropping the photos weirdly. And, and that just said to me, no one's going to care about your business as much as you care about your business. So that was a massive revelation. I was like, I'm going to put a bit more tedious effort in tonight and build out like a structured ad campaign following kind of what they did, but with actually more, more effort. Yep. Right. And it was going to be my last ditch effort. And so I said to myself that night and, and I was sitting there with my girlfriend um, and we're like, all right, well, like, Let's give it one more crack. So I said, I'm going to put my entire bank account as ad budget for tomorrow for Boxing Day sales. I'm going to run a special Boxing Day sale for the watches, try and make some money. If I make money, cool, I'll keep going and I'll continue reinvesting and growing it. If I lose all my money, that's it, done. I'm done with e-commerce. It's not for me. So I was literally at like the end of the road where there was two forks. I could either completely fail and give up or something would happen and I'd be able to keep going and build. And so that night I turned on my ads, $300 a day budget is what I thought I typed in um, to, the, to the ad budget. And pretty much like a few hours later, I heard like, you know, um, my girlfriend woke me up and said, oh, you made a sale because she was still awake. I was just trying to get to sleep. So around midnight, I was like, oh, cool, whatever. Wakes me up half an hour later. Oh, another sale. And I was like, I was still pissed. I was, pissed. I was like, whatever, like, whatever, like. It's fucking nothing. I've lost so much money. Like, what? Ooh, yeah, cool. Um, and then I woke up in the morning, bro. I woke up in the morning and I'd made like $1,600 while sleeping. Wow. While yeah. sleeping. Yeah. And that, that changed for you right there, eh? Not quite. Because I thought that I'd fucked up on my ads manager and I thought that I'd budgeted $3,000 a day. Right. That's what I thought. Because at that point, I hadn't experienced being like, profitable like that before. And so I was so scared that entire boxing day that I did not check my ads manager once because I was so scared that I'd put myself in the hole more. I didn't check it once that entire day. And my ex-girlfriend was like, are you going to like see how much you've spent on ads? Like, I'm curious to know. And I'm like, I can't, I can't face it. Like I had anxiety, butterflies. Really? Well, and that was like, I was fearful. And then at the end of the day, I'd made $7,000. Wow. So I went from losing money to all of a sudden, and it turns out, I did spend that $300. I didn't fuck it up. So I turned, I don't know how the universe works, but I think persistence just gets rewarded. But I turned a failing business for like literally almost two years into something that all of a sudden just did 7,000 that day. That week I made $21,000. Wow. The important thing to note with that story though, is that like what you say, the universe, I think the universe is watching in some way, shape or form and it does reward action. But the, th the important thing to note is that you collected a whole bunch of skills that you didn't have along the way through those failures. And that's what people aren't willing to do a lot of the time. You went out and you did uh, videography, photography, copy, and then you got into the ads and you did that. And you cannot get ahead without having those failures because every single scar that you get is another skill or another um, you know, bow to your arsenal, I guess. 
And there comes a tipping point at some point where you start to, like you said earlier, the jigsaw puzzle starts to come together and all of a sudden you find yourself with the pieces. And that sounds like what's happened. 100% Brian and like since I was 14 I'd accumulated skills in video and media and like graphic design I used to make videos on YouTube of me and my friends shooting each other with fake guns I used to edit effects in and do all that crazy stuff I've edited videos for like the YouTubers Racka Racka have you heard of them? No I haven't no so They're huge YouTubers like with millions and millions of subscribers I edited one of their first like proper viral videos Harry Potter versus Star Wars all the lightsabers and stuff so this is when I was like 14 15 or so as well so I'd kind of established some skills by then um, and again out of me just obsessing over things and over time like I learned all these skills and then at, like yeah like you said every time you get a scar every time you get burned every time something bad happens you sit there and instead of victimizing yourself you go all right what did I learn from that like with the advertising agency I lost a lot of money there yeah and a lot of time and, I, and a lot of stress and tears and heartache and, and fear and suffering. Like, and I'm not going to pretend that that wasn't there. But at the same time, by the end of it, I was like, all right, well, think logically. What would a logical person do? They would assess what happened. They'd ask why. Why did that happen? And then they'd say, what can be done about this to, to improve upon what happened last time, next time? And so that moment like where Boxing Day I made $7,000 in one day, was a, like that's a life-changing day. 100%. That belief, that belief that you'd been missing up until that point all of a sudden is triggered. And when you get that belief, you know, it's that, that cycle, that self-fulfilling cycle where once the belief's there, you take larger amounts of action. And when you take more amounts of action, you get bigger results. When you get bigger results, your belief goes through and it goes that way. And it's either going one way or the other, right? Fantastic, bro. That's a really fucking amazing way to explain it. Like there's a cycle there. Yeah. And once you start believing in yourself more, once you get those small runs on the board, your belief starts to go up and up and up. And then once you have, you know, once you go through enough pain and suffering, you go down and then something will happen. I don't know if you stay consistent despite the pain, like something will happen and it will shoot you up. I don't know what it is, but I've spoken with so many people about it in the same shoes as me who start out, they fail, they fail, they try, they try. And then all of a sudden something works. And then, then all like then the self-belief thing goes up and then from there it's game over. You can do whatever you want because you realize there's no glass ceiling. Exactly. Like before then, my biggest day had been like $1,800 or, or something like that. Yep. So for me to go out there and basically like almost, like almost quadruple that in a single day and then make $21,000 in a week from losing money, like I was, I was blown away with the potential of this. And I thought if I can do that out of having a shitty situation, if I keep investing in myself, if I keep learning, like if I keep applying this and just scale it, like nothing's going to stop me. And from there, we just kept going and going and going. And then my biggest day so far um, with literally just the watches alone is $16,000. And I went back to back like five figure days for, for multiple days. Wow. That's amazing. What's the time difference? What's the time difference there from having that first day where you hit $7,000 to doing those $16,000 days? What, what's the gap in between that? About a year. Wow. So that, that was a flash sale period. So then from there, we we're doing like a thousand to 5,000 a day. Like, and then we're just going and ticking along like that. And then you'd have those like boosted periods where it's like specific holiday shopping seasons yep. where people are buying gifts or like birthdays or weddings even would boost like the days up. You, you get weddings, people are buying like 10 watches. So yep. all of a sudden there's like an order for $1,790 kind of thing coming through. So all of a sudden that can significantly boost things up. Right. Um, but at the same time, like I thought, all right, well, again, if, like people are always going to be buying things online. Like it's never going to go away unless the internet disappears, which I don't see happening anytime soon, especially in our lifetime. 
So again, I just, it, that belief just kept going up and up and up. And then I just kept growing on it and building on it and, you know, learning from failed ads that I'd put up and then re-establishing things and modeling what my competitors were doing and basically just taking bits and pieces and putting it into my own thing, throwing it against the wall, seeing what sticks and then doing more of what works and less of what doesn't work. Taking out the, the persistence and, and your, your attitude and determination and drive, because that's one thing, that's something that you possess. What would you say is the biggest contributor to your success from like a strategy or tactical point of view? Good question, bro. Um, so from a tactical point of view, the biggest thing that I would attribute my success to is the ability to reverse engineer what works. Because at the end of the day, you can run around in circles, you can bang your head against the wall trying to figure out how to do things the hard way and go and try and invent the next fidget spinner or something like that. Or you could go out there and you could identify something that's already working and then go and ask yourself, why is that working? And then go and break it down and just put it on notepad, like put it on paper, write down how their business model works. So what I did with the watches, I, I, I literally did this. And this is what set me on the path to be able to do this at a higher level. I sat there and I was like, all right, well, what components go into building a successful e-commerce business? And I said, website. So online store, I wrote that down and I drew like a box for an online store. And then I was like, all right, now what goes on the online store? Products. So I wrote products and drew my product, the watch. And then I was like, how do I get those watches? So I did research into that. I figured that out. And then I established how I could get the products. So then once you get the products, what do you do? You take photos, you create content, you create product descriptions, you create a reason for people to buy them an offer an offer that's appealing, an irresistible offer. You go and you put that on your website, right? And then from there, you've got products on a website. What's next? Customers. How do you get customers? How are these other guys getting customers? So I started deep diving into these guys' like brand strategies, all these other online businesses. And I was like, all right, well, they're getting traffic. The same way when I was 14 about traffic. But this time, I knew that you had to actually do some work for it. You couldn't just pay $5 to some Indian guys and get... <laughs> It doesn't work like that. So I had to hit the drawing board and really just study up on what they were doing. So I've got a folder on my computer as well with over a thousand photos of ads that I've screenshotted. So do I. I've got the exact same oh, folder, like Instagram and Facebook. And every time right. I see something that captures my eye that's different, I chuck it in the folder. Right, exactly right. So I did that. And then what I would do is I'd sit there and I was like, well, what ads are appealing to me? And like, because I'm my own target customer there. But I, wanted, like, I, I spent my first ever paychecks from telemarketing on watches. I think that's a huge point there. I went onto your website and had a look and I watched the video that you put out there. One thing that stood out for me straight away is that the, the way that you've been able to build brand and understand beyond the brand, it's not about the watch, it's about what's the watch does, what the watch does for someone, that status, the elevation, that, when you, that feeling you get when you're wearing it and you capture that beautifully in the videography that you've done and the way that you've positioned that brand. And I went on and had a look and instantly was like, oh yeah, I totally, totally know exactly who he's targeting and... I can see why that person is going to reach out and buy that watch straight away. Yeah, bro. Thank you. Yeah. It's a massive thing that went into it. Cause again, I aspired to have the lifestyle that I portrayed with the watch business. Yeah, exactly. Like I wanted the freedom. I wanted to have fun. I wanted the, the beach, the travel, the opulence, all that shit. Cause I didn't have it growing up and I knew that all these guys online were doing it. So I was like, I want it. And then I was like, I aspire to it. And if I was going to buy a watch, I'd want to buy a watch that resonates with that as well. Cause I feel, I'd feel that way. And the second that you feel a certain way, you believe it. And the second you believe in a certain thing, your actions will reflect upon that and get you to where you want to go. So I wanted to create something that was more than a watch, more than just a timepiece, but it was like a symbol of what you can achieve and your aspirations. And every time you look down at the time, it's reminding you of that brand image. Mm -hmm. And not only just the, the brand image, but what's, like, what accompanies that. 
So the lifestyle, the vibe, the feeling, like when you look at those videos that I made, those marketing videos, it makes you feel like, wow, I want that. Like that. And that's sales and marketing in a nutshell. I think most of the time when you see people failing to get any cut through, it's because they're going out and they're selling features, talking about the actual product or the actual service. Uh, like I've dealt with a lot of people in the fitness industry and they're out there selling personal training sessions. And I'm like, you're not selling personal training sessions. You're selling a transition in life. You're selling more energy. You're selling, you know, better sex life. You're selling whatever it is that that person wants, the outcome. But people are always stuck here. Bro, exactly. You've got to sell the result, not the fucking features. Exactly. People will like, I see people's online stores as well. Like I'll go and look at people's stores and this is before like they know what they're doing. This is like where I started as well. They'll just have dot points as to the features. Yeah. Product page or something. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't care that this vacuum has a turbo vibrating like fucking thing. Like I don't care. What I care about is the amount, the end result of a clean room or the dirt being gone so that I don't slip or that, that my feet don't get dirty. Like that's the end result. And what's the end result of that? Me being happy in my house. Exactly. So you've got to sell. You've got to sell the end, end, end result like how the person's going to feel at the end of the day. Like with yeah. the personal training example, bro, people aren't buying, oh, yeah, hell yeah, I'm super keen to do two 45-minute sessions with Joe Blow this week. Like, exactly. No, you want the result at the end of that eight-week transformation, which is you feeling comfortable and confident in your own body. That's right, and really understanding those pains. I mean, I was lucky, I think, when I was 18, I went out, I moved from New Zealand to Melbourne, and I went and knocked doors for a year and sold bits of cardboard um, door-to-door in every suburb in Melbourne. And um, when you're selling a literally the product that we used to sell is we'd take like a garage or a personal, uh, you know, like a gym or something like that, a service who couldn't get customers through their doors, and we'd be like, we'll go out and we will sell on sell your services because you're paying your hairdressers or your whatever an hourly rate regardless and so we you'd prefer to be busy we'll go out and sell it and we'll keep the commission and at the end of the day i was going out with a piece of cardboard and trying to sell it and if i went out and had to sell that piece of cardboard i was going to have no luck but when you find someone who's got a shit hairdresser or a shit mechanic and they're not happy and you can start to play on those pain points and start to sell that the piece of cardboard becomes very valuable all of a sudden and so that was something i learned really early on but it's something that i just consistently see as a problem in most businesses is that lack of understanding of what they're actually selling and how to communicate. hundred percent, bro. Like people, people just sometimes they forget who they're speaking to at the end of the website or at the end of the sales transaction. They forget that there's another human with real wants, needs, desires, problems, challenges, pain points. And they think, Oh, like put up a product on a website and get people to the website. They will buy it. No, you're, you're getting people, humans who are sitting there doing their everyday, day-to-day life and you've got to interrupt that to try and sell them something. You've got to be tactful with that. You can't just be like, here's product, buy it. Like, Yeah, exactly. Let's get, real, let's get real tactical for a minute because you've got so much, Not like you've talked about tapping into people and, and getting their knowledge and have, having a pathway. Right now, we're in the middle of COVID-19. We're all in lockdown. Um, we spoke off camera before about the importance of people using this time wisely yeah. uh, and coming out of this in a better situation and not just looking at all the obstacles that are in the way, but finding opportunity instead. There is huge opportunity online for anyone who's willing to get out there and learn and, and, and go through what you've been through. For someone out there who's watching this right now, who's starting or maybe has had those failures and just is low on belief at the moment, what are the steps? Oh, well, right now, everyone's in self-isolation. Everyone's quarantining. Everyone's got more than enough free time on their hands to go out there and do something with it. Um, I don't, did you get the first bit on camera where I was talking about two types of people? Yeah, I did, but go for it again. Yeah, cool. So there's two types of people. There's people who are going to do nothing about it. There's people who are going to waste their time and come out of this you know, worse off than before or the same. 
or there's the people who are going to use this opportunity to rise like a phoenix from the ashes and build something or learn new skills or come out of it ahead, whether it be more mentally in tune with themselves, more fit, more healthy, more happy, more, you know, in connect in connection with whatever they're trying to connect with and associate with. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of online business right now is the best window of opportunity ever to get into something online. People will be like, well, why is that? Look at it this way. What are we doing right now? We're on a screen. What do you think everyone else is doing right now when they're stuck at home? What's the main source of entertainment? Screens. Yep. It's not TV anymore. It's phones, it's laptops, it's YouTube, it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok even. It's all of these different social media platforms. And regardless, screen time is up. Oh, I saw a report the other day that said screen time's up almost over 180% upon average. Wow. So that just immediately opens more doors. And typically one of the biggest issues, particularly in the online shopping space, is that when you're running advertisements or when you're trying to push a product on someone that you want to sell, there's everyday day-to-day distractions that come, like that coincide with them going and shopping from your website. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the attention's of, divided most of the time. Exactly, bro. Everyone's deten- attention is completely scattered through day-to-day life because there's distractions. Like you've got the crying kids, you've got to take them to daycare, you've got to go and do something, you've got to go to the post office, pick something up, you've got to go get coffee with your auntie or whatever it is. Like there's a million and one things going on and most people don't have a time to sit there and go, all right, cool, well, I'm going to have some me time right now. I'm going to sit here and just chill out. Most people don't get that or they, may, they, they do get it, but it's a very slim window of the day. Whereas now everyone's got pretty much fucking nothing better to do than sit on their phone, sit on social media, and I've noticed that as well with all our, all of our ads are becoming cheaper because more people are clicking on them yeah. because more people have time to suss it out and look at it. And other traditional advertisers have pulled ad budgets off. So therefore there's higher supply in ads and lower demand for those ad spots. Therefore the prices are going to drop, yeah. which makes us more money. And so that's literally, another- the, literally never been a better time from just about every single angle. Every single angle, bro. Like the only the only angle that it's a bit annoying right now is certain logistics, but that's stuff that's going to get overcome and eventually be sorted out very very soon. So right now is the best time to actually build something up and collect data, start building a, a website, start launching things, start testing things, and ultimately, even if you don't do any of the actual business side of things, if you implement nothing right now, even just learning and getting ahead in this time where you've actually got time to sit down and focus and learn is going to put you 10 steps of the guy next to you by the time that this whole thing blows over. Because if I sat here and if I was like, if I didn't know the skills that I already had and I just played video games, just video games, I'd be no further ahead than I was before this whole thing started. Whereas if I learned a new skill, for example, if I learned just one thing, for example, how to do Photoshop, that would put a piece in the puzzle of the skill set that you need like mine to go out there and really scale things up and not have much cost involved. 100%. It's all about learning those skills and then piecing them all together and then all of a sudden something will click and then you'll, you'll boom. That's right. And each individual skills you can monetize online anyway. Like if you've got design mm-hmm. skills right now, you can go and sell yourself online as a designer. There's, there's absolutely no barriers. It's about le- understanding the valuable skills and then making yourself a valuable person. Exactly, bro. And like I remember one thing that I used to do, this is something that I would highly attribute my success to as well, it may seem a bit dumb or I don't know if this is like psychologically accurate, but I used to listen to YouTube videos of like how to do skills or how to, you know, how to do sales or how to do Facebook ads or how to do anything, whatever, like whatever I was trying to learn, I would have it playing on a laptop next to me and I'd be playing a video game on the console. Right. And I do that for hours on end. 
hours on end, like every day or two or like, and I would have it like, cause I, I've got, I swear I've got ADHD. I haven't been diagnosed, but my attention's so like fluttery. Yeah. Um, so I would have it playing there cause I couldn't sit there and watch a training. Like I couldn't do it. Right. So, so you I'd just have it, it soaking in in the background. I just have it soaking in or I'd like occasionally like stop playing and I'd like look down and be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, cool. And then I would do that and over, over time I would actually repeat the exact same trainings again while playing the same video game and it almost becomes like this weird muscle memory thing. Yeah, just giving yourself exposure to it. Yeah, and, and I, I swear there's a, like a connection between playing the same game and then learning the same training and then yeah, right. the game while hearing the training. Like you, I, don't, I don't know if there's a link with that, but I feel like that definitely helped me soak things in. I was not good at school. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't absorb facts. I'm a shitty learner, but... If I wanted to learn it, which I did, I would sit there and I'd, if I couldn't watch it, I'd occupy myself with something while having it there and I would repeat it. Just the same as the four hour work week thing when I was sleeping. Like I would just let it soak in and soak in and soak in. So that then the core beliefs out of that and the core trainings were just completely absorbed in my head. That's right. So the first, the first step in anything for anyone is to understand that you have to be willing to learn, that you have to be able to, willing to take on new skills to be able to look at an opportunity and even if you don't feel like you can do it right now to be able to go away and find someone who's done it or understand that you can go and pick up that skill. Once you get to that point and getting very tangible about, let's say that you want to create an online product right now, what are the sort of five steps or the seven steps that you'd recommend based on all your mistakes and what's working for you in the space right now? Because yeah. like you said earlier, there's so much bullshit information out there. The, the online space is full of fake gurus it's full of people who teach you how to make ten thousand dollars a month when you know the profit on that is 500 bucks or whatever it is and when yeah. you're new and naive and you can you don't understand the language it's easy to be sucked into that type of stuff but you're someone who has built a real business you're, you're also someone who's gone on to teach hundreds or thousands of people how to build businesses for themselves so the stuff that you are seeing and delivering works what are those steps for people all right, so to, to, to remove all complication and like all of the different strategies and tactics, if you want like a simple dot point of what I do right now, summarize as quickly as possible on how to go out there and start making money from a laptop starting like this afternoon, what I would do is if it's in the e-commerce space, which I'll talk about now, um, what you got to do is you got to do product research or find an opportunity, find a current trend that looks like it's going to be on the upswing. So I'm going to use an example here, home gym equipment. Look at the, there's a clear problem and a solution. The problem is there's so many people who want to get in shape. They have gym memberships, but guess what? That's been swept out from under the rug. They've got no opportunity to go to the gym now. They're stuck at home. Most people don't have home gyms already, right? Most people have been reliant on those gyms. And the solution is home gym equipment so they can bring the gym to home where they can find to. And this is stuff that my students have been doing as well. So I'm going to use this as a real world example. Like it's, cool. it's working. It's working awesome. really fucking well. Well, I, I read that, sorry, just to interrupt, but in the last week alone, I think online gym sales were up 300%. So. Bro, minimum. It should be yeah. minimum that. Like, yeah. Fucking minimum. Like everyone's, everyone's wanting them. Exactly. So, with that said, the next step is once you identify a winning product, and that can come from just something like common knowledge like that, where you just like put two and two together, or you can go out there online and actually find what's already working. So find like, you know, you can go into, into Facebook, into the search bar and you can type in keywords like call to actions, like shop now, buy here, get yours here into the Facebook search bar, go to videos, scroll down and you'll be able to see a million and one viral different video ads for particular products. So you can actually go out straight away and bang, 
right away you've got a proven to convert Facebook ad. You can see that it's working because there's views and engagement. You can then click through and look at their product page, what product they're selling, their website, how it's designed, how it's set up. You can then go and study more of their Facebook ads and figure out what's going on. You can then go into that email funnel and you know opt in and get everything. So you can basically map out an entire proven business in the span of 30 minutes. Bang. Just through that. So that's, that's one model. But for example, the home gym stuff. So once you've got that idea, the next step is you've got to find a way to source those products at a profitable kind of you know, margin. So yep. what you're going to do is you're going to go to a website, for example, a wholesaling website where you can drop ship these products to customers who are happy to pay retail um, called AliExpress.com. So that's one database where you can actually drop ship products from overseas, whether it be China or another country, um, and they'll send it straight to your customer, which means you never have to see, touch, own, or ship the products. There's no risk. Um, and it allows you to get started with an absolute minimal barrier to entry. So what you do is you then find the products. So simple Google, like, I mean, uh, AliExpress search of um, home gym or like push-up grips or weight vest or uh, resistance bands or something like that will bring up a, a variety of different products. Now, what you're going to do, if you want to sell something that's a proven to work offer, you can sort by orders. So therefore, bang, immediately you can see which ones are the most popular sellers and then what you do is you can take that product and see, all right, well, I'm getting it for $10 or $20 at AliExpress. And then you go to your competitors' websites and you to find competitors' websites that that are, that are doing well, you go to Google and you can type in Home Gym plus Shopify and that'll pull up a list of high-ranking websites on Shopify selling that exact same product. And so then you can just open 20 of them up in different tabs, see if they're selling a similar product um, and then see what they're selling it for. So for example, let's say the mean price is like, $35 for something. You go back then and you do the maths on that and you say, all right, well, if I get paid $35 for every time I sell these resistance bands, cost me $10, I make $25 profit minus another, you know, 20, 30% in ads cost, I'm left with, you know, $15 or whatever profit every time I sell these bank. Then you know your numbers. So once you know that and you're happy to go ahead and sell that product, you've got your competitors there, you can go and reverse engineer what all of they're doing. Then you go and you start up a Shopify store free to start and you can get 14 days right now they're actually offering a three-month free trial so there's absolutely no risk in actually going out and starting this business which is crazy like this is by far the easiest business to start in the quickest amount of time with the least amount of effort and like I, I, it, I, there's nothing that exists that you can literally start with as little effort yeah, as yeah. Totally. when you know how to reverse engineer things and how to do the steps in the right order quickly so that's what i like i specialize in helping people you know shorten that learning curve that typically people have to spend years like myself to figure out the hardship i'd make it into a literal process i give you tools templates spreadsheets pre-made website themes everything that makes it not rocket science but in fact a walk in the park compared to doing it yourself so you've literally broken it down to a step-by-step -step blueprint for people that they can plug in and away they go and the results are in the pudding bro like you know you go out there and you look at what people are able to do we've had people who are teachers school teachers go and apply the same steps selling baby clothes and make well over half a million dollars in six months. Yeah, well, let's talk, let's talk about some of your student results because I've seen them, I've seen them flowing through. One of, the, um, one of the reasons I decided I wanted to get you on is because, like I said, there's a lot of people out there who talk the talk and there's a lot of people out there who show uh, themselves being successful and there's far less people that can create that success for other people. And one of the main things I was interested in talking to you about was your, your student success because it's one thing to create it for yourself and it's a whole other thing to be able to implement that with other people. Duplicate the process, yeah. Talk to me about some of your student results because for anyone who's watching this or listening to this, who's you know looking at this going, right, this is I'm going to go in on this now. This guy's inspired me to do it. Again, I know for a fact that a lot of people look at people like you and they go, Eli can do it, but I can't. 
but you've proven with thousands of people that they can. So let's talk about some of those results. Beautiful, bro. So pretty much how I got started into the mentoring game, because a lot of people wonder like, oh, there's a lot of people online who teach things, but have never actually done it. Like this is where I, I feel like I'm one of the people who is actually done it the right way where you build a business and then you help other people do what you've done rather than build a business on teaching something that you've never done, <laughs> which I see so many people do. I'm sure you see them everywhere. And they're so easy to spot as well. The business coaches for business coaches whose first business is being a business coach. Right, exactly right. And you see that everywhere. And I'm like, how are people that like, how do people not realize that a 17 year old kid who's never got a business, how is he going to help you start a business? Like a hundred percent. But I, since I got started, cause I got started in e-commerce in 2016 and I started training people really in 2018. So that was after I'd established some success in it, after I'd figured out what's not working and what is working. So I started like a, a basic, like a basic kind of program that I kind of did and I helped people like implement the same steps to starting a private label brand like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually I started getting a few people interested because I was getting so many messages on my Instagram because I was showing people what I was doing. Like I'd show people the money that I was making. Um, I'd show people, like I bought a Mercedes at 20 years old in cash. Yeah, yeah. Not many people do because it's of... It's a nice I've, Mercedes too. I've seen you've got a few vehicles that, have, uh, that look pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some cool cars out there, bro. Like the next one that I want to get is a McLaren when I get my full license at the end of the year. I saw you having a shop the other day. It's oh, inspiring. Bro. I like it. It's inspiring to see that stuff, man. People that have got that drive and that ambition that are clear on what they want. It's like it's infectious. Bro, I'm, I'm so fired up for it. It frustrates me that I can't legally drive one yet until I get my... <laughs> <laughs> But it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun game to play, the patience game. But um, yeah, so I started doing that and I was getting heaps of messages from people wanting help. And in, this, in the start, I like I'd go out to coffee or jump on a phone call with someone. I'd be like, all right, here's how you do it. Like, you know, you find a product that you want to do, you reverse engineer competitors, you build it up, you do the strategy and you make money. And then you reinvest and you scale it and you look at what working, what not. That whole thing, right? I used to do it one-on-one to people for free, kind of helping them out. And then eventually I was getting inundated with messages and people started asking me, oh, do you have a course? Do you have a program? Do you do mentoring? How much do you charge? And I was like, this could be another good business because like there was so much demand and no one, especially in Australia, was helping people with this stuff. I, I think that I'm probably one of the first and top in the entire country when it comes to helping people start with e-commerce. And like, and since then, I've had over in, in total, I've had over three thousand students since I started. Wow, so three thousand paying students, all from just my social media. So they've found me. There's no auto webinars. There's no none of that shit that people do. Like it's people that I speak with that I feel are a good fit for this. And if they feel like they actually want to follow in my footsteps and work on e-commerce, then I'm happy to offer them the opportunity to help get my help and get the help of the other people that I have to help them as well. Um, So since then, bro, like it started out as a few students and then I was coaching them and then they had some success and then I'd start sharing their success on my social media as like, this is cool. Like it's not just working for me. Like other people can do it. And these are people who are like 15 years old. Some of them are 45 years old. Everyone's from different countries. I started getting people from like fucking Finland and Denmark and Croatia and Germany and New Zealand. Like I've got such a high percentage of my students from New Zealand, Australia, the US. Like I don't even know how many countries I've actually tapped into now where I've got students. I've got Brazilian students, Indonesians that can't even speak English just because they wanted to like, they, they were going to learn English just to do my program. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. People are so committed. Like if you, and all it takes is that fire in your belly. All it takes is that wanting for more and you will go out there and find a way to make it happen. And the people who don't speak English, but actually going out there and learning English specifically to do this program and learn from me because they like what I'm doing is that just makes me feel like I'm actually making a real fucking difference for people. 
Yeah, well, you are, man. When you can teach yeah. someone, it's like that, you know, give a man a fish to eat for a day, teach a man to fish to eat for a lifetime. It's, uh-huh. the exact, it's the exact concept. And there's a few things that you can do for people that are some of the most impactful things. One is look after people's health and help them improve their health and vitality and have more energy for life. And one of the other major ones is teaching them how to make money to control their lifestyle. And when you ignite that entrepreneurial flair, People can do anything. They can build any life that they want for themselves. So it's incredibly powerful. Let's jump into just a couple of those client results. I, I know that like I've seen Teddy, uh, people like that who I know have gone through your course, you're, you've mentored people like that. They're showing up in my newsfeed all the time uh, yeah. with, with their ads and they're doing incredibly well. Some of these guys are making you know tens and tens of thousands of dollars a month uh, and they're completely new to the system. Yeah, bro. So do you want me to like... Just, just, yeah, man, I, I think right now is the best time ever. And I hope that people, if they're looking for a mentor out there, I, I know that you've got a lot of proven success and I run us through a couple of them and then let's dive into a few more questions. I want to be respectful of your time as well. I know that uh, you're running businesses and doing a whole bunch of stuff. A couple more questions for you, but um, yeah, bro, I hope yeah. that people are inspired by this and take your advice to go out there and get a mentor because it is the best advice and it is the fastest way. So. facts. Thank you. Um, So in terms of what, like these initial student results, the first ones that started making some money, like I'm talking, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week, I'd start posting those and you can go onto my Instagram way back in my little story highlights down here. And you can go back to like all the way back when I first started doing it. And you can see like me doing the e-com side before I ever helped anyone. And then I started doing like free little value lessons. And then I started, started posting my student results way back here. And like what we were doing back then. So then this is, this is one of the first ones where one of my students, Ibrahim, sells watches as well. He did first month 15, or not first month, last month it said 15.5K USD. And that's just from literally following the exact same thing that I did. I like just put the blueprint in front of him and he's like, all right, I'll do it. And then you just do it. Like it's, and then we got all of these other people here. We got Zachary here. I remember Zachary was doing a clothing brand at that point in time. Uh, he's moved on to doing another business now, but he started a clothing brand. And in, in one day, just following one of my organic social media ads strategies where you don't even like pay for ads on Instagram using hashtags and some other cool things that I taught him, he made $284 in one day. And then, you know, we got other people here. We got Nick DeMarcy. This is one of the other first results that I got and I put up on my story. This is way, this is one and a half, almost two years ago. Um, he says, my ads are doing wonders, 44 cents per web conversion. So he's paying 44 cents per sale on one of these ads. And then, we, and then we got, uh, oh, wow, bro. There's so many of these little results here that are just like going around. Maybe the best thing to do. What's your uh, Instagram, bro? It's at uh, Eli Dangerfield. Eli Dangerfield, yeah. At Eli, Eli Dangerfield, E-L-I-D-A-N-G-E-R-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. Yeah. If, you, if you're interested, if you're listening to this, watching this and you are interested, I highly recommend you go and have a look, go and have a scroll through. Uh, yeah. I know that there's ways, there's all sorts of results on there and ways to get in touch with you. But if yeah. you've, uh, if this has ignited um, that thought for you, then follow through and go and have a look. Yeah. And then we have one of my other students, Sam here, this one he sent, this is again about over a year ago now. He's like, just hit 500 in one day. Just changed my life. Thank you. Yeah. So I get, I, send these every day from people i don't even post all of them but i post the ones that i feel like are going to inspire the people who least believe in it yeah and and that's the thing people need to understand because the other thing is people see you making millions of dollars and they go well they haven't even made a dollar or or they're stuck making fifty thousand dollars and it's unrealistic to even think about beyond six or seven figures and so what people need to understand particularly in the climate of right now is that you know unemployment's about to go through the roof they're predicting 20 to 30 percent 
that means that if you look down your street, that's like one in every three or four houses where that house doesn't have an income. And wow. so, so it's quite a sobering thought to start thinking about that now when you actually look around your community and you're like, whoa, hang on a minute, the people that I care about, friends and family, if you look at your friends network or whatever, there's going to be a lot of people that are coming into hardship over the next 12 months. And so what people need to understand is that it's not necessarily about going out and making $10 million. You can replace $60,000 income very easily online and very fast. Like I think $60,000, if you break it down, is like 170 bucks a day. Yeah, I'll do the math right now. And then, so say you want to make $60,000 a year. If you break that down per day, that's $164 a day. All you've got to do then is sell two things at $80 and you're making that money. Profit. Exactly, exactly. It's not, you can't tell me that there aren't two people on planet earth who wouldn't pay $80 a day for something from a store. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And so I think it's very important for people to break those numbers down because I know you've got to have a little bit of success to get that momentum, to then take bigger action, to learn those skills, to then go on. People look at making millions of dollars straight away and it paralyzes them because it's too far out of reach for most people right now. But go and make 60 grand, go and make a hundred grand, then work out what you've done and, double that, turn it into 200 grand and turn 200 into 400, 400 and 800 and away you go. Exactly. So I just wanted to get that across because I think for anyone who is listening, that's an important point. What about, what about selling your information online? Because e-com is one thing and then there's information products, which are another fantastic place to be right now. And that's another business that you've got a lot of success in. Yeah. Um, for anyone out there who is not interested in physical products, but is potentially interested in building, you know, have, has a skill set that they might want to monetize or some stuff that they want to teach that they are an expert in. Um, have you got any advice around that? Oh, bro, hundred percent. I'm actually helping some other big influencers and people with already like established kind of brands, build out programs as well. Um, some people with like millions of followers. So I've kind of had to look back again and reverse engineer how I did it the hard way and then figure out the easy way. So the easy way is very, very simple. And this is like, you know, this is huge value, bro. You could clip this and, and send it to people and that makes sense. I'll clip it, put it out and I'll send it to you as well. Well done. So all you've got to do, if you want to make money selling information products online, you've got to think, all right, first of all, who is the target customer? What is the end result that they want? Where are they starting? What are people's fears and barriers and obstacles between that they think? These are their preconceived notions, not actual obstacles. What do people think is in their way from getting from where they are now to where they want to go? What do they think is in the way? If you can find a way to remove what they think is in the way, because there's nothing in the way of anyone getting anywhere. It's all what you fucking perceive yourself to think is in the way. Like if you can eliminate that for someone in your sales and marketing, as well as in the delivery of the product itself, that is literally all you have to do. So what you got to do, find the end result. How does someone go from there to the end result? What is the main process? So for example, for someone wanting to make money online with e-commerce, the process is making money online with e-commerce. How do they do that? That's the outcome. They want, to, they want the money. How do they do that? And then what I've done is I've gone through my process that I did and I've streamlined it into a few key modules, a few key major steps, big steps. And then what goes into each of those big steps or subcategories and I've split it down into micro steps that go, you know, in a chronological order. So then all of a sudden you've got the, the main overarching theme of your, of your information program, whatever it is, you know, whatever niche you're in, it could be money, health, relationships, whatever. And then you've got the, like the main thing, then you've got the sub steps and then you've got the sub sub steps. And then once you do that, once you've got it all on a curriculum in a word document, this is what I did because I recently revamped my entire program because I actually surveyed everyone. And I was like, all right, well, what are you guys having bottlenecks with? Like, what are you enjoying? What did you want more of? Like, how can I make this even better? 
And then I was able to take all of that real world data and make an even better version and refine that process. So you, you will, if you want to have major success in information products, you will have to do multiple iterations. The same with any business. Yeah, of course. As long as you've got that main overarching theme, you've got the key steps and then you've got each individual micro step on how to do that. No matter what it looks like, if you can have the dot points on a document and then all you've got to do is go, all right, well, how can I best present this to make it so, so simple and straightforward so that anyone at any point in their journey can understand it, click with it, resonate with it and apply it yep. without, any, like, without any barrier. And then what you've got to do is after you've got everything written there on paper, you've got to go through it like as pretend you're a beginner, pretend you're a total beginner. You've got to look at each step and then envision in your mind and it takes a little bit of practice maybe to do this like envision in your mind everyone doing that step after the next step after the next step and what that's going to feel like for them and how they're going to feel like they're accomplishing it and where they might get stuck. And so if you can be aware before you go out there and make, you, make all the course content, if you can be aware that people might stuff up in this area, you've got to focus extra hard on how do you remove that friction so that it can be a streamlined process. Once you do that, you film it, you create content, anything like a, like a spreadsheet or an asset or a template or whatever it is that can help them like with a certain part that you might otherwise struggle with, add that in. And then once you've got the whole thing put together on like a website area or something, all you've got to do is start sharing the end result like I talked about with people like making money. And social proof is the biggest way. Like when I get sent those messages of people making money, they know that I'm probably going to post it up. That's why I blur their name because when I used to not blur their name back there, back when I first started doing it, they would get messages and messages and messages, people saying, is this online shopping legit? Like just dumb <laughs> questions. And they'd be like, Eli, can you blur my name out next time? Yeah, so yeah. I, They're all blurred out. But in my mastermind group on Facebook, which is where there's 1,600 of the students, everyone knows everyone kind of thing. So like they'll, they'll know it. But like then the, the people who are just on the fence and asking dumb questions won't inundate them. So social proof is a massive thing. So if you are getting results and helping people, show people that you're helping people. Because everyone has sheep mentality. If they see other people doing it, they'll want to be a part of it. 100%. Same with online shopping and e-commerce. If you've got like hundreds of five-star reviews from customers or if you can import reviews from AliExpress and show that people are enjoying the products and what their experience is, people will, will jump on it. Yeah, and you can build that into your systems as well. Like for us, uh, my partner runs an online health coaching business and it's part of the weekly routine for each client is to send updates of their wins on the scales and their wins and their mental. So we've created systems to enable us to get that data every week so that we then have, we know that we've got content to go out every single week. 100% bro. And you've got to do it. Um, and, and if you've got something that, that works, like naturally your business will grow because people will refer their friends and family. Like I get people referring, referring their parents, to my, my kids, kids who are like 17, or 18 being like, Hey, my dad wants in on the group. Can you like, hook him up or something like he wants to jump on board and learn too and like it's it's just crazy the different types of people that people bring in and then that's why it's grown so rapidly as well as like, i don't aggressively try and get people to join a program i have my results i know that it like it works if someone resonates with me and my brand and what i'm doing and like where i am and what i've overcome and the struggle if they want to actually learn from me and and because there's you can go out there and you can buy another course but are you going to get my help are you going to learn my steps are you going to get to connect with me and like resonate with my story it's all about preference that's right and that's where the personal branding is so important because you end up buying on the person not necessarily on the other stuff mm -hmm. um and that's another thing that's incredibly important i mean you've you've built a big personal brand i think you've got 200 and something thousand followers uh, on instagram now uh you have done that in a in a very strategic way in the way that you've done that have you got any advice on how to build brand Build a brand, bro. Uh, honestly, this all came from before I was even planning to do like a personal brand. 
like with my Instagram and I've archived heaps of my older photos just cause they're not like cool. But I, what I did was I started up a Instagram account that was going to be for me trying to like emulate all of these guys online. Again, I wanted to model what works and model what I was passionate about, which was all these guys like Jay Alvarez and all those guys who are living that crazy travel luxury lifestyle. And I was like, I want to do that. So I started going out there and taking photos with my friends of like me at beaches and trying to like, kind of do that. And then eventually I started growing my social presence and like just sharing some more stuff about my e-commerce and like my business stuff. And naturally, you know, if you're doing something like that, especially in small places like Adelaide, the word will spread and that'll spread in Australia. And then it will spread to, you know, everyone's friends and shit. And then I just did that for a while. And then I started doing like brand deals. And then from there I was like, okay, cool. I can get paid like a thousand dollars from Instagram post. And so that was also supplementing my income that I was burning away with the advertising agency right? <laughs> and all that. So I guess with, with the brand building, I didn't realize it at first, but all you've got to do with building a personal brand is create content that you love and that you as a, if you're your own customer, what would you want to see like from someone else? So I looked at myself and I was like, all right, well, what am I, what, what makes me different? And I was like, all right, I'm at this point, I was probably 18 or 19, 19, 20. And I was like, all right, well, I'm a young guy. Um, I'm doing e-commerce. I'm an Australian. I'm from Adelaide. I don't know anyone else doing this. And so I've achieved some success. I'm going to go and document what my life is like and share some of the insights behind the scenes and just kind of create a, again, an aspirational brand. Because people will look at my profile and be like, whoa, this guy's so rich and successful and living the high life like Dan Bilzerian, like all this. And people hate that. People hate seeing that, especially in Australia because it's like tall poppy syndrome. Like everyone wants to cut them down because they hate seeing people doing better than them. Um, and I cop a lot of hate on my shit as well, which is very, very funny. Because um, at the end of the day, the people hating, they're just insecure about themselves and they're just scared of taking action for themselves. It's a, um, it's a key point right there as well, though. Have you done that on purpose uh, to polarize people? Because people are scared of, this is a really key point, actually. People are scared to get negative feedback. People are scared to get criticism. And so they toe a line where they're so boring that they can never, ever stand out or do anything online. And the biggest brands, do you look at the Donald Trumps, the Grant Cardones, anyone, they're loved by 50% of people and absolutely hated by the other 50%. And that polarization in your content and in your brand and standing up and having an opinion, whether it's good attention or bad attention, is what accelerates your brand. Right. That's a fantastic like, way you've established that there. Because I was just going to say, like, I'd much rather be hated by 50% of people and literally fucking adored by the other 50% of people than tolerated by 100% of people. Yeah. That's exactly so that, right. I'd rather a- be loved and hated than tolerated yeah it's such a key point i think it's particularly as this, as things get more and more competitive and more people jump into the online space and the brand building space those who are brave enough to be polarizing to stand up for what they believe in to show their true selves to have opinions on stuff that is polarizing uh they are the ones that are going to see great growth people like dan bozeri and people look at him and they hate on him but the reality is he's one of the smartest men on the planet Huge. everything's done on purpose it's all intentional, bro. And like I put up the, the stuff that I do where it's like really lifestyle based like Instagram posts and stuff like that because I know that when I was younger, that's what I resonated with and that's what actually kept me going was the hope that I could get there. So if I didn't have that goal and that aspiration of what I wanted to achieve, I wouldn't have done anything. I wouldn't have done anything. So it's kind of like sell people on what they think they want and then give them what they need. Yeah, totally. Like, I could, I could sit there and be like, how to take cool photos on Instagram so that you feel rich. But then it's like, no, I'm going to teach you how to actually build a business so that you can acquire wealth to become rich. But I don't, you look at my Instagram feed, that's not my everyday life. That is not everyday life. You look at 
you know, private jets. Yes, I've flown in a few private jets. Yes, whatever. But, and yes, I've driven McLarens. Yes, I have a car. Yes, I've like blah, 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 all that shit. But at the end of the day, most of my days consist of me working on my laptop and helping people and selling products and just doing the behind the scenes shit. And if I knew that that's what it was going to be like from day one and some of the, the challenges that I've had along the way, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Because it's taken me seven years to become like an overnight success kind of thing where people are like, oh, you're just a young guy. It's like daddy's money or something like that. Now I'm like, no, I've been working at this longer than you've fucking been in the workforce kind of thing. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, people, I mean, people just see the end result and that's just the reality of Instagram and everything at the moment. Um, but if someone's out there right now and because you've done a lot through paid traffic, obviously that's a skill set and if people want to get into paid traffic, they need to go and learn about it. Yeah. Is, there's Gary V who you know, will talk about the need to just constantly be serving people and to document your journey. For someone who's out there right now who wants to just take some action, maybe they can't, they're not in a position where they can invest in a course or whatever it is right now, or they just want to get out and try something. What's your advice on approach versus diving into paid ads and buying traffic versus building a brand and trying to get organic traffic? Um, well, by far the easiest and fastest way to make money is do what I said before about building an online store that's modeling something that's already successful and proven and upcoming. Yeah. And notice, notice the details. It's all about the details. If you fuck up, if you, you can make a website that you, you think looks like Daniel Wellington watches, but if it, like, if I look at it and go, that's completely opposite, it's not the same. You've got to actually look at the details. Look at the, the sections on the page. Look at the language they use. Look at the dot point colors that they use. Look at the button color. Does the button vibrate on the page? Like, just that. Go, to go real, real yeah, deep on yeah. detail. Deep dive, bro. You've got a deep dive because at the end of the day, the detail is what's split tested the most. Yeah, right. That's fantastic That's what advice. Was money is split testing. And if you're going to, if you want to have the fastest path to success, cut out the split testing to begin with. Get some runs on the board. Go out there and model what works because they've got the arrows in their back. Those are the pioneers who are the ones in the dirt with all of the arrows in their back from all, this, all the split testing and like, all that shit where they've gone out there and suffered so that you can just go and go, Oh, cool. It works. Take thanks. Fantastic. Man, that's that. and then with the Facebook ads, this is the fastest way. Like I just wanted to elaborate on the paid traffic side of things. If you want like fast money, you've got to be willing to invest some money in ads. If you want like slow money, but no risk, then by all means start an Instagram page and like and just grow it up and use hashtags and whatever it is. Use follow unfollow, whatever you've got to do to get that page up there. But if you want to make the fastest money, here's all you've got to do. Going back to that home gym example, you've modeled a successful store, that successful offers, you've figured out a unique spin on it that's going to make it better. You've got a clean eye for design. You've made a nice website. You've followed the processes and everything. All you've got to do is go to Facebook, create a new campaign, call it gym campaign, then go in there, create 10 to 20 ad sets. It could be in a CBO or a non-CBO. Make those all as whatever budget you can afford to invest. Make all of the interests something related to gym or the outcome that that person wants. So you could do gym, home gym, home workout, workout, Pilates, yoga, push-ups, like, like fitness influences, anything that's resonating with someone who might want to buy that stuff. And you're going to put that on there and in all of these separate ad sets and target and like a demographic, like uh, it could be 18 to 35-year-olds who are interested in whatever in the top-tier countries. And then what you're going to do is you're going to make three different ads in each of those. Now, three different ads. You could do a photo ad of the product. You could do a video ad, which you can then take from the supplier and get someone to make. Or you can make it yourself. It's not hard. Um, or you could use a carousel ad and show different features of it. Whatever you're going to do, you're going to have three of the different ads in each ad set, and then you're going to have a bunch of ad sets in one campaign, CBO. Set it at whatever budget you can afford. Run that after day one. Figure out what's working, what's not. So what's getting clicks. If you're not making money yet, but you're acquiring data, this is good. 
you're going to turn off the things that are getting like clicks above, I don't know, dollar, turn off everything that's doing that and then let that run for another day. And then like you'll start to see your results will improve because you're killing off what doesn't work and you're doing more of what does work. Can you see how that works? hundred percent, man. Yeah. And it's also an important point for people as well is because a lot of people run out and just create one ad with one ad creative and it gives the algorithm absolutely nothing to work with. And when you split those ads and try different variations, come up with different images, different headlines, it actually lets the the algorithm go and do its work. Exactly. And so if you've got those three ad creatives in 20 different ad sets, you're running 20 times three. So that's what, 60 60 ads showing a different ad to a different type of person. Yeah. If If you're spending that money and it's going and distributing it across all of those ad sets and ads, after a few days, you'll start to realize what ads are resonating with what type of audience and you're going to kill off the things that aren't. And then if audiences aren't resonating with any of the ads and you're going to kill off those audiences. So then you're only putting the ads that are working in front of the people who are like likely to buy. And then over time, you start to see the sales increase. So you'll be able to know if you put a dollar in, you take $5 out or a dollar in $3 out or a dollar in $20 out. And then all you've got to do is put more dollars into the machine, monitor it. And then you'll just start making more money out. That's the simplest way. I've got a full step. I've got a full hour long Facebook ads masterclass where I break down day by day, stage by stage, how to go out there and scale to doing over $10,000 a day. That's there. But this is the, the simplest way to go out there and start making money this afternoon if you want. You can have this entire thing done by this afternoon if you are dedicated and you want to sit there and put in the time. That's right. And I think that's a key point. Anyone watching or listening, the reality is these tools are cheap and accessible to anyone. If you're going to build an information product, you need Teachable or ClickFunnels or one of those you know, $99 a month softwares, which enables you to set up your entire business, build landing pages, run membership sites, deliver content to people. Uh, and then you need to get the traffic, you know, come up, come up with a traffic source and get that traffic to the site. Uh, and I guess the third thing, which we haven't really touched on, which is an interesting point, because is how to make the offers, you know, like people might do those other steps. And like you said, it's, you've got to have all the pieces of the puzzle and they've got to be from the same puzzle. So that's why it's good to go out and buy a system off someone because you get all of those pieces of the puzzle. Any advice on creating an offer? Cause this is where some people fall down all the time. Yeah, bro. So with any offer, whether it's a physical product or an information product, tangible, intangible, it again comes down to, you've got to meet people where they are now and resonate with where they are now, and then also allude to their aspirations and where they want to be. How, with your offer, how can you take someone from where they are now to where they want to be in the fastest amount of time with the least resistance? Answer that question, you've got an offer. So for example, uh, let's say the e-commerce training program. You want to go from here to making money in the fastest amount of time possible with least resistance. How do you put that into an offer? I'm going to show you how to go out there and start and grow your own profitable e-commerce business even if you've got no prior experience without techie skills and from home all in the next 30 days. Yeah, bang. That's an offer. That is a headline offer that removes resistance. It, remo- it shortens the time and it gives them a clear end result of what they're trying to do and where they're trying to get to. Yeah, a really key point that you hit is meeting people where they're at as well. Like, for example, a couple of years ago, we knew that the biggest results of the clients and, and my partner's program were because of the mindset work and the mindset shifts. And we knew that a lot of the fitness industry just didn't have the skills to actually help people shift their mindset and create those new beliefs. So we were, I was like, oh, right, we've hit the nail on the head here. We're going to run out and I'm going to start pushing marketing and I, I pushing mindset. And I started changing the uh, languaging from weight loss away towards more mindset-based stuff. The reality is, the person who's 20 kilos overweight uh, in the mirror in the morning who's looking at themselves, 
and saying horrible things to themselves doesn't give a shit about mindset at that point in time. They're going, how do I lose 20 kilos in the fastest way possible? And so yeah. I set up these campaigns, around these campaigns, thought I was going to hit the, you know, I was like, we're going to smash this. And it was crickets, man. We put money down the drain and then shifted back right. towards weight loss because we weren't meeting people where they're at. We we're trying to give them something that we knew worked, but they weren't ready for it. And so it's what you said earlier about giving them what they think they need and then actually in the program or the product, giving them what they do need. Facts, bro. You've, you've nailed that right there. That is 100% the way it is. Like, and I, I recognize that not everyone could start out with a private label brand with like a couple thousand dollars that they've got saved to invest. So that's why I kind of pivoted because originally I had my training where it was just private label because that's what I'd done. That's what I'd known. Yeah. And then what I started doing was like eliminating the, the private label component like for beginners so that there's two parts. There's private label, which is where everyone wants to get to because the big money's there. Yeah. Or there's drop shipping, which is allows you to get started, validate a product. You can still run that and make a shitload of money as my students are doing. But if you want to go out there and make the big money, you've got to build it eventually into a private label brand. So I eliminated that barrier and met people where they're at, not where I thought people start out. So I eliminated that, the private label component and said, well, now you can actually get started with suppliers who will send these products straight to your customers. You don't have to buy a hundred of them. You don't have to buy a thousand. You don't have to buy one. You get paid first. That eliminates all risk. You take some of the money that you get paid, you pay the supplier, they ship it straight to your customer. Everyone wins. Supplier's happy, customer gets a product, they're happy, you're happy, you make your profit, bang, thanks. It's crazy when you put it so simply how uh, there's even, uh, that we have the ability to do that and then we're just not grateful for the fact that it's in the front of us. Right, it's crazy. People are still going to sleep on it. They've been, like, I've, I get people messaging me after following me for three years who are suddenly like, yo, Eli, there's that e-commerce thing you're doing, does that work? And I'm like, You've literally been following every step of my journey along the way for three years. How, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, bro. I'm gonna be respectful of your time and start to wind things up because um, we've been chatting and I could chat to you for hours. Right, such uh, a good chat. Thank you. What is next for you? What are your goals and what's your vision for the next year, two years, <laughs> three years? Where do you, where are you going, bro? Uh, well, everything's shifting every literally every week. Um, for me, my goals right now are just to continue working on the things that are most important to me, like my Elmore Lewis watch brand, and then obviously building my uh, education brand as well. Those are my two priorities, my top two priorities. Obviously, I'm, I'm doing stuff with other influencers, managing merchandise, apparel, other online training things and, and things like that. But those are my two main things. Um, more so than the business side of, of what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to get myself back on track with my health and, and just make sure that I'm the most healthy, happy, content person that I can be because I've had that real disgusting hunger for wanting success and, and more and, and building something for myself since I was so little that I feel like it's had an almost adverse effect on my body. And I actually had a heart attack when I was 19 years old. Wow. From, uh, you know, horrendous lifestyle choices, lots of stress, um, having to deal with the watch, like all, the, like all of the stresses of growing up with trying to do something and continually getting bashed on. Um, I just, I don't know what happened, but I just caught up. And then since then I've still been recovering and trying to like get my health in check. Like, yeah. And so that, that's one of the biggest things is eliminating stress and trying to simplify my life and be a bit more content with what I have. Cause I'm so grateful, but at the same time, I'm, I still wake up every single day. So hungry to get more. Like I'm so insatiably hungry for more success that like even making 10,000 plus a day, I'm, it does nothing for my dopamine. I'm completely oblivious to the fact that that happens. Like yeah, that's, an, that's a really key point for people as well because you need that drive and that hunger, but there has to be a balance between being grateful and, and enjoying where you're currently at. Otherwise, it's all in vain. Right, exactly. Like I'll sit there and 
since, because I've been doing this for so long now, my, I was just speaking to my parents about it the other day and I was like, my dopamine is so like sh- shattered. Like nothing will make me like happy anymore, really. Like nothing makes me completely like, wow, like, oh my God. Like, yeah, like the first sale you ever make in a business, you're like over the moon. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember like I cried when I had my first ever sale at my watch store in high school. I was like, like someone's just bought something. I was like, oh, my life's changed. Now, and then I used to be like, yes, like whenever like I saw a sale come through. But like during this call, I've seen sales come through and it's literally not even made me blink because I've completely, it's just normal. So that's why I think I'm so like excited for a supercar because I'm like, I might get some more temporary dopamine, but I've just got to focus on my health. I've been trying to exercise more. You probably see I've got like tired eyes. I've strained them so hard. Um, I think everyone's got to have the balance. And that's something that I really want to share with younger entrepreneurs is, don't get caught up in the trap of just wanting money. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to treat your body like a fucking temple. You can't consume shit McDonald's food out of convenience just because you're working all day. You can't stay up all hours of the night on energy drinks. You can't have 12 shots of coffee every day throughout your entire adolescent life. It will, ca- it will come and catch up with you. It will put you in the hospital. It will give you a massive humbling and say you're not invincible. You've got to take it a bit easier and you've got to actually look at what matters, which is your health, your well-being, your happiness. Because money, guys, like... As much as I want to say, oh, yeah, money's great. You've got to have money. Money enables freedom and options. And, you know, when you've got money, it's all good. But when you don't have money, that's when you're on the pursuit for money. So now that I've got money, I don't have to work at all, really. I don't have to, but I choose to because I'm still hungry for it. But you've got to focus on you and your health and your happiness and your relationships because the second you obsess about money is the second that you will be dead inside. Like you'll just feel so dead. And even if the work that you're doing is providing a good product or fulfilling people's needs or whatever, like the money side of things, if you're chasing money, eventually that novelty of getting rich fades away very, very quickly. It becomes your new norm. And I would imagine now that when you get uh, messages from clients uh, who are saying that you've changed their life and seeing your client success probably does more to fill your tank up than seeing your bank account. That is one of the, that's the, probably the only thing right now that gives me dopamine hits is like seeing my students making money because I know how transformational it is to get the first few runs. And then to see like a student who, when I first spoke to them, had no idea and thought e-commerce was a scam to all of a sudden making a thousand in a week or a thousand in a day or 3000 in a week or whatever it is, like just seeing that transformation is like, that gives me the butterflies, bro. That gives me that anxiety and like happy anxiety. I'm like, yes, like that's like, that's going to change their life that I used to have for myself. But now that I'm so content with it, Jamie, I'm just like, like, I don't care anymore for myself. I'm just trying to build the businesses and build the vision. And cause I've got, I've got, I've got like people that I contract work to that I have to pay. Like I've, like I've got other mouths to feed now, so it's not about me anymore. It's not about me getting rich. It's about yeah, you've got a bigger purpose, bigger than myself, and a purpose and providing for other people. That's right, and I think that's a really key point to take away is that service is the greatest purpose. You know, you've got to get out there and you've got to serve people. Like you said, if it's all about money, it's all about yourself. That'll go all right for a while, but you yeah. have to then get to. A, you can be a millionaire, you can be a billionaire, and in fact, there's millionaires and billionaires who go out there and kill themselves because they're unhappy. I've I've met people who have got plenty of money who are miserable and I've met plenty of people without money who are happy as anything. That will not change you. It will just amplify what's already there. But when you can find purpose in serving other people and helping other people go further, uh, that is when you are going to live a pretty happy life. As well as taking care of yourself. Like I understand I used to work like literally during school, my childhood, even before I was 14, I was learning like how to do effects and video editing and stuff since I was like 11 or 10 or 9. So I've been literally learning for my entire life 
learning, obsessively watching things, obsessively learning. Like I used to spend, I used to come home from school in high school and I'd sit on the laptop and watch videos on how to do things, like how to learn things. I wouldn't watch entertaining shit. It was all just how to do X, Y, Z, how to do this. And I would just obsess over it so, so much that I would not do anything else but that for years. And I've drank energy drinks and my health has deteriorated to a point where I'm really trying to get it back on track because I just feel like my energy levels and everything have been so tanked. So a lot of people would be like completely healthy people and then they make excuses as to why they can't go out there and make money. I've had like really bad health conditions, yet I'm still able to make it work. So you've got no excuse. No yeah, totally. No excuse. Oh, I can't agree with that more. I mean, my brother who's 25 now, he's, uh, you know, same thing. He left school when he was 15, started a charitable organization. He's been running businesses since he was 15 years old. Uh, literally through the stress and overworking and just his drive ended up with Crohn's disease and had to have major operations and spent a long time in hospital. So it's incredibly important for people to understand that balance on that. Just quickly, how, how have you going through that lesson and getting to that point where you had a heart attack at 19, how do you prioritize your day and how do you actually manage to balance your life? Great question, man. So what I've been doing recently, especially more now that I'm not traveling as much, because before coronavirus, I was traveling everywhere, just going around, like, you know, just enjoying myself, like working from my laptop, living the traveling entrepreneur lifestyle, literally just doing that every day, like eating out and just all the fun shit. But now that I'm kind of confined to Adelaide, what I've been doing is I've been trying to, yeah, really double down on my health. And this has given me the time to rise from the ashes with my health, not my business, but my health. So I've been waking up at like 7 a.m. in the morning. I've been doing like push-ups, sit-ups and like weights and trying to just get like in a better shape and better fit physical condition. Um, then what I'll do after that is I'll go down to the beach. I'll drive down to the beach. I'll go for a swim in the ocean at like 7.30 no matter what the temperature is, no matter if it's raining, like waves everywhere, calm or cold. I'll just put myself through it um, and just refresh and wake up and feel like completely just refreshed. Um, then I'll go get a, a nice little double shot, small almond milk cappuccino at the local cafe um, and then from there I'll pretty much just smash that go back home uh, I'll jump in the shower have another cold shower have a warm shower like wash get up get dressed by that point it could be like 8 30 9 o'clock 9 30 depending um, and I'll get up and I'll just sit there and I'll just make sure that I'm getting everything done on my phone and just try and smash it out I have a to-do list which I never used to really do I have a, like a really in-depth to-do list that I'd be trying to tick things off as quickly as possible um, just make sure that all of my key tasks were done early on. Um, and then I'll go out there and I won't eat until like 3 or 4 p.m. Like I haven't eaten anything today. I've just had the coffee. Um, and I'll do that every day and just like only have two big meals really um, and try and eat really, really clean. I've tried to cut out soft drink. I used to have like eight to ten sh- shots of coffee every single day for the past few years. Yeah. I've cut that down to trying to do under four shots in total, which is it's a bit of a struggle. But again, you've got to put yourself through it and see what, what your willpower is made of. Um, and then what else do I do? So I, I try and go to bed earlier with not as like without playing movies and shit next to my laptop and stuff. Like I, I always used to do that and it was bad for my sleep because your body needs to recover. Totally. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just, I just try and focus a bit more on my health in, even in the afternoons, I'll do more push ups and try and run after as well, like run, um, yeah. and just try and get in a better physical shape. Um, yeah, nice. just get my body like moving and, and moving it changes states it change of state and but what i've heard probably the most important thing i think for people to take away there is sounds like you've taken control of your mornings and you prioritize the stuff that's for you above your business if you go out there and you get your cold swimming and you have your coffee and you relax and you do whatever you've got to do in your morning routine you've taken care of all the priorities for yourself first and foremost and then you can go into your business which is an important point 
puts me in a much better headspace. And that's another thing that I'd advise everyone to do as well is figure out what you want to do as if you can at the moment, a lot of people are in jobs, but in isolation, you've got, you've got dibs on what you want to do. So find what makes you happy. I'd highly recommend everyone to try and start going in the, in the ocean in the mornings. I feel like it's such an empowering thing and it like opens your breath up, your chest up, sets you up. Have you come across Wim Hof, man? Do you do any Wim Hof breathing? Why do you say that? I literally was just looking at his at his page this morning um, on Instagram because someone else recommended him today as well. Yeah, it's life changing. I've been doing the cold showers for probably two breathing years since, since I was in Thailand. I do the yeah, I do the breathing method in the shower. Usually, I'll have a a normal warm shower and then I'll do the breathing and then I'll do a three to five minute cold shower to finish. And um, it's the best way to start your day. It, it's it's good to forge that mental toughness to build that muscle of discipline doing things that you don't want to do but from a, a physiological point of view the what it does to your body the breath and the way the way it clears your mind gets rid of anxiety all that type of stuff is just life-changing and i can't recommend it highly enough for people but that's what you're getting when you go and do your cold showers when you're getting in there and do your swim if you're not doing the breathing at the moment bro give it a try it's uh, it's incredible i actually did it the other day not the wim hof one but there was another one that like breath work where it's like <sighs> Like kind of that, that, that whole like raspy breath, but I'm definitely going to hit that up. Um, I'll have a look at the page later, I reckon. Is there like um, follow along breathing guides and stuff? Yeah, like man, that? you can download his app. He's got a free app and uh, it's got all the breathing techniques on it. There's heaps of his tutorials on uh, YouTube. I'm actually, I'll send you a link to it. I'm actually doing a virtual ice bath Wim Hof breathing thing on Monday uh, online through Zoom. I'll send you a link to it. Big bro, thank you. Appreciate that. That'll be cool. Everyone get on it. Give it a try. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bro, lastly, um, wh- what's your advice for, particularly for young people out there or just anyone who's had a bit of a loose end at the moment, um, you know, who's, who's maybe feeling like life hasn't gone quite the right way for them. Maybe they don't like their career. Maybe they just, you know, don't have the right people around them. Um, I've heard, you know, I think the first time I came across you was in Lewis Mocker's group and you were so well-spoken and you, thank you. you know, you really, I think the message that you put out to me that day uh, it really hit me and I started following you from there. What is your advice to anyone out there at the moment who's struggling a bit, who's a bit down and out, who's just not kind of making the most of their potential? Um, what, have you got a few words for that person? Absolutely. So speaking of potential, potential is only potential, potential. Potential is only potential, potential. You don't actually know what you are capable of. There is no limit of what you are, like what your potential is. Your potential is literally the most limitless thing on the entire planet. You, could let, you can do anything. So why are you sitting there being content with yourself when you know that you're not living up to even your potential, potential, potential? Like the second that you sit there and go, oh, fuck, my life is shit. That's the second that you go, all right, well, I need to change that. How am I going to change that? And then again, it takes me back to what I was speaking about earlier, which is have the balls to ask someone for help. Ask someone, how can I change this? Ask someone, what should I do? You're not alone. So many people hate their lives. So many people are sick of living in a, in a mediocre state and being victims in life. And so many people cruise through their entire life without literally making any kind of dent on the world, without leaving any kind of legacy, without changing anyone's lives. But all they do is they go out there, they complete school, they go to university, they get a job, they get paid, they retire, they die. That's not an empowering life. And so if you're finding yourself in a situation where that's you right now and every day just seems to grind on and you can't seem to find your swing, your unique flow, like where you actually want to go, if you can't seem to find it, just know that you're just a fucking few moments away from having a light bulb moment which will change it. So every day you've got to say yes to opportunities. Every day you've got to say yes to things. Every day, like Jamie and I were just saying, you've got to take uncomfortable things and make them comfortable. 
You've got to go out there and embrace uncomfortable things. When I was 16, I picked up the phone when I started a marketing agency and I called up a law firm. I cold called up a law firm to try and sell them a $16,000 marketing package when I was 16. I took a day off school when I got that. On that first cold call that I ever made, I got the appointment with a law firm, a multi-million dollar law firm. I got the appointment, passed the gatekeeper to someone on the phone, got the meeting. I went and made my mum take me to Goodwill. We spent $20 on a shitty oversized suit, some shitty leather shoes, a tie, and a dress shirt. Dress shirt. I made a little folder printout of my proposal. This is all when I was 16. And I went into the meeting. I went into the, the lobby of this, of this high like, office commercial building in Adelaide, went up there, sat in the waiting room, went up to the receptionist, said, hey, I'm here for my meeting with the lawyers. They ushered me into a room on a long table and like six people came in, lawyers, the marketing department, the owner, everyone came in and sat there and I spoke for one and a half hours as a 16-year-old trying to sell a law firm a $16,000 marketing package. Short story is like I didn't, didn't sell it, but that put me so far out of my comfort zone that I had the driest mouth, I had the most fucked anxious heartbeat. I was sitting there like probably visibly distressed that I was trying to pitch something that I had no real like experience doing because this is what I've done is I'd learned a skill. I knew I could do the SEO and the marketing side of things, but I hadn't yet acquired a client. So this is my first ever cold call, my first ever meeting. And that from that moment where I had to take a day off school to do this meeting during midweek, it was a Wednesday at 1 p.m. meeting. I took the day off school and the day after I came back to school, everyone picked on me, everyone bullied me. For, for taking the day off school to be an entrepreneur and being a big shot businessman. So it's just a comment like you've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to be happy with rejection. You've got to get um, comfortable with people around you not wanting you to succeed. You've got to get comfortable with everyone's adverse opinions on what you're doing because the second that people start hating on you and the second that you feel like shit for, for the progress that you're making, the second that you're actually on the right direction. Like if, if someone's talking shit about you doing something special, just know that you're on the right track and just know that that's actually fuel. That's fuel to add to your fire that you can go out there and do more. And the more shit that you get thrown at you, the better that you're doing. And just learn to embrace that. Learn to get uncomfortable. Pick up the phone, make a call, message someone. Go and fucking door knock. Like door knock. Do whatever you've got to do. Get in front of people. Learn skills. Like this shitty period, whatever. If you're going through a shitty period right now, just know that it's not going to last forever. And the only, like everything in life is controlled by you. Everything happens for you, not to you. So if you are going through a shitty, shitty situation right now and you're not doing anything about it, just know that it's not going to get any better until it gets worse. It's going to get worse and it's going to fucking bite at you. It's going to bite at your ankles. It's going to take you down and it's going to push you so far down that there's going to be that one moment where you've got a gun in your mouth and you're going to be like, is this what I'm really about? Like, and then that, when you hit the lowest lows, like when I had the heart attack as well, I was like, fuck this. Like every day is, is a blessing. If I waste a day, I've, 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 I've wasted a day. I've wasted a day of my fucking precious life that I could have been using to serve other people, to serve myself, to help my family. Like just know that if you're feeling like a bitch and you're sitting there doing nothing about your life, you're not only hurting yourself, you're not only being in a miserable state for yourself, but you're actually hurting the lives of your family you're hurting the lives of all of the countless other people that you don't know yet, but you could fucking serve and change their lives. And you're actually fucking shooting yourself in the foot for the rest of your life. Every day that you have here is a blessing. Don't take it for granted because if you do, it'll come back and bite you. And you, from that moment forward, you will have to be a changed person. There we go. That was some fire. Mate, I just want to take a moment to thank you and acknowledge you. I really admire your, uh, your drive and your tenacity and just your passion that you have, not just for business, but just for getting out there and living life to the fullest, man. Um, you know, obviously you've achieved a whole bunch in your short career. 
Uh, you're 21 years old. I can't wait to see where you're at in another decade. I know that the, the determination that you have and the way that you just attack everything that you do, you're going to go a long, long way. And, um, you know, the thing, like I said, the thing that I really appreciate is that you're putting the elevator back down. You're trying to help people out. You're trying to teach the skills that are going to give people a better quality life. So just wanted to acknowledge you for that, bro. Keep hungry. Get out there and just um, keep giving it everything. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you more, bro. Thank you so much, Jamie. I appreciate you having me on here, bro. It was awesome to chat. 